Hello and welcome back to another episode of I Will Name This Podcast Later because if you actually listen and understand what this podcast is about you realise the name actually doesn't mean anything anyway Um, I've been away for nine days and it's given me a lot of time to think and reflect on different aspects of my life one of which is this audio experience and podcast whatever you want to call it and um, it's really good for me, and so I will, I, I will continue it. But what this allowed, this time away from it, allowed me to realise was how good it was, and what it allowed me to get off my mind and start talking about my life. Essentially, nine days off made me realise that, shit, I really do need this in my life, and I need this outlet. So it's here to stay. I didn't do it on the trip for that reason and I wanted to experience whether that was possible and if it was really, really helping and it is, so bosh, mate. I said in the last episode, which was Summer Vibes, I think episode eight, um, was about the honeymoon period of my, like, finishing university and then starting summer and it was brilliant like i said vibes cartel summertime playing in the background sun's out you've got those summer hues kind of like just everyone's in a great place because the sun's out drinks flowing and barbecues shout out in ali tyler peter for hosting all those barbecues just amazing but one of the biggest points of 2019 for me alongside university finishing getting out of that place running home was my european road trip and it started as an idea of going away not sure where but a holiday that me and my brother could take he was finishing his a levels and i'd be finishing uni so we weren't sure where we originally decided israel I think, yeah, and we we looked into it, but it ended up not coming into fruition. And what we both love is cars. We both love Top Gear um, and the Grand Tour. And we both love the specials. So we kind of wanted to do something similar. And the road trip had just emerged out of that. What I didn't realise was the mammoth task of planning it would be um, when you when you look at Europe you don't realise how many countries are actually in Europe and yeah I kind of just didn't realise it was it was huge I think we did 17 countries no 14 countries 17 cities over a total of two and a half months and it was something like 9,000 kilometres ish yeah a lot of driving um, we were originally going to take my car, which was a 2000 silver convertible Mazda, because the convertible is the only way to go if you do a European road trip. Um, but it ended up having some issues. So I had the privilege of actually buying a car to take on this road trip to then sell afterwards, which is just mental. So we bought a brand new... Well, not brand new, but a used 2015 Mazda. 
um, which is the Mark IV variant, which had a two-liter engine, more space, heated seats, like kitted out with all the gizmos. And honestly, I'd never sat and driven a new car. So for me, that was a novelty in itself. And oh, it was just awesome. Like it did its own little wheel spins, great gearbox, really easy to drive. Do I prefer it over mine? No, I like the rarity of mine, just like the rarity of this podcast. So, yeah, just a phenomenal trip all in all. But I want to break it down because whilst on Instagram it looks amazing, not every single part of it was. And I want to go through some of the key points, takeaways, some of the highlights, not the positive highlights, but the negative highlights or whatever you want to call it. So I've been through why it came up and why the road trip and why not some another adventure holiday. My brother's a big relaxation guy, so it kind of allowed him time, some downtime as well. But it was our first like brother-brother holiday. So he started in the car with me and my mum came out at another point and my dad came out at another point. But um, he started first, so we drove to Dover at like three in the morning, or two in the morning, one something like that, to get on the earliest ferry over to France to drive to Amsterdam. And I think one thing I realised is that as a family, and both me and my brother, we do really well in situations of, I think the word's adversity, basically where shit hits the fan we cope really well because we kind of just go into we click into gear and we just shit we just know what to do um but when shit isn't hitting the fan is a problem for us like it was three in the morning the sun had only just come up and oh, the car one of the indicators on the dash started flashing red i remember this so well and i was like to him dude look it up and he did all the research in about 30 seconds it was like it's it's fine. Just pull over. We'll we'll check the tire pressure and then we'll get going again. So that's one thing I realized off the bat that when shit goes wrong, we do all right. When you're in a car with someone for such long periods of time, and the the amount of time we were driving between cities was about five hours to between five and ten hours, you can't expect to be positive and be happy all the time because you're in such close proximity to a person irrespective of who they are I thought I could get away with being me and being okay with like just you know cracking silly comments here and there but that really takes a toll on someone when you're that close so we ended up getting on each other's nerves me on his more than him on me on his, which resulted in him on mine, and that, that back and forth wasn't really good for either of us. And one one thing I remember was we were in we were, we, we were we were between Austria and our stop in Austria, and we were going to take the Stelvio Pass through Austria towards Italy to Switzerland up up to Interlaken, which was a spot we were we were going to where there's a mountain and whatnot. But the day had been fine. We'd had some tiffs, but it was nothing major. And it started raining. And for some reason, I wanted the window down, but the roof up. 
I kind of get the driving experience of as if the roof was down, but it was raining. And Samir just kept having it up, and he was like, the glass is see-through, you can see through it. I was like, no, I want it up. And as the driver, I kind of felt I had the authority, but in reflection, I realised that I was so totally wrong. And that was just so stupid. But I wasn't, I wasn't to know in that moment. And so we ended up fighting on the Stelvio Pass, which was the one road that I wanted to drive on and never forget. But I won't forget it now for the right reasons. I'd forget it for my own wrongdoing. We got to the top of the the Swiss side, Austrian side, Austrian Swiss, whatever it was. And I remember sitting in the car and another Mazda pulled up next to us. And I just remember crying. I remember crying because I... <laughs> I remember crying because I can't remember why I was crying. I, I don't really know the reason for me crying. And... I took a video of myself to kind of try and make myself happier and put on that fake smile that I do oh so well with that split personality that there's the there's the introvert and the extrovert but I ended up crying on that video and I've got it somewhere on my phone and it saves but it just serves as a reminder of where I was and what a low point looks like like actually looks like. And it's me talking to the camera, but it wasn't intentional, it just kind of happened. I never thought I'd speak about that. There's some things in life that you just want to hide and that was one of those things, but no, I'm glad I I'm glad I said it. One thing I realised with, with, with Samir, with Samuel, was that it was an incredible journey that we undertook. It was mental, like, actually mental. Um, and I wanted it to be perfect. But what I didn't realise was my perfect and his perfect were different. I thought we were, our perfects were aligned. They weren't, and that's okay. But I didn't realise that then and that was a problem. And so I tried to force my perfect upon his kind of vision and his frame and it just didn't work. And that's why we used to get into so many fights. So some of you are listening, I'm sorry. I really am for being a dick and for acting the way I acted. And I shouldn't have, but I'm sorry. I know there's nothing I can do about it now, but I'm working on it. All of that at the Stelvio Pass kind of started this whole string of sobbing fits, like fits, where I couldn't stop and it kind of hyperventilating and almost losing my breath. Like I was having an attack or something. And I've never, uh, I've had this a couple of times before, but never so many times in the space of, in such a small, small amount of time. With my with my mum. Yeah, so, so I was with my brother 
for up until Prague. And then my mum came out and joined us for a day. And then my brother flew home and I was with my mum. And virtually the same thing happened. I, I became more open with my mum over the course of that trip. Definitely. She might say I'm not, but I definitely think I was. But there were still breakdowns happening and these sobbing fits. And it wasn't her, it was me. And there was, it was like a poison inside of me that just wasn't ready to be let out. Oh, I couldn't get out. And like, we'd, we'd end up in this verbal pettiness. And I love my mum, I really do. I really, really, really love my mum. She's such an amazing human. She, she has the ability to look positively on almost any situation and turn a negative positive. But sometimes I, I find that so annoying. But it is, it is amazing. But we had this verbal pettiness that we kind of like digs at each other for no reason. I just felt like a child. I felt helpless. And as a 21-year-old who just finished uni, who thought he'd be this, not head honcho, but kind of, kind of knew where he was going in life. And the fact that I didn't, again, it's just me blaming myself. It's by, it was by my own design that I didn't know. And that's okay now that I understand and I accept that it's okay. But then I was refusing to accept it. And one of the points, like, Venice was a city I'd always wanted to visit and it was the biggest letdown. Such a dirty city and it was so old. And I understand why people like it, the rarity, but it was not a nice roar. <laughs> but again, a similar thing happened, a, a sobbing fit. And it wasn't him, it wasn't my mum reducing me to, 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 to that state, it was me. I'd let all that negative energy build up inside myself and that poison was being exerted out through, or some of it was being exerted out through those sobbing fits where I, I'd lose my breath and it, it genuinely felt like someone was just kind of squeezing air out of me. I couldn't stop crying. And it really, really, really hurt. Like, I'd sleep like a baby, but I'd wake up the next day and still feel shit. And it'd still feel crap. And it'd be... Just fucking hurt, man. Like, even talking about it now, it, like, it brings back that, that gut feeling where it's kind of... You feel thin. And it's almost like your stomach is touching your the, the top of your stomach is touching on your, your navel. It's oh, it's a horrible feeling. No energy at all. We we left the car in Milan. We flew back for my graduation. That was amazing. But again, as I said in the last episode, because everyone's on that high. At my graduation, everyone was on that high. So but I also think I was drunk for my graduation. I had a little too much to drink. But I remember it all. Uh, most people saw me with a beer in my hand afterwards. And yeah, I think that was my second or third drink of the day, but definitely worth it. Kind of put an edge on, took the edge off and so it was able to let me see through a new light of, of um, graduation. Met my family, met some of my friends that they otherwise wouldn't have met. I always kept church and state separate, which was my way of kind of keeping the two worlds separate, but realised that that's just dumb and you didn't need to do that. And 
I should have introduced a lot of my friends to my parents a long time ago if and when the opportunity arose. So, like, thanks to to Mo, I was able to like leave my brother, you know, like with him and Ali, and just like they were able to chill and talk and whatever about whatever and I was able to crack on my graduation and my parents were able to enjoy it. Um, my brother was supposed to be in Spain, which is why he wasn't actually at my graduation in the hall, but I think that's just part of our dysfunctional family. He just ends up coming back the day before saying, hey, I'm coming now. <laughs> oh, my dad flew back out with me to Malaga, to, uh, not Malaga, to um, Venice, uh, Milan, Milan, that's the one. And he, he was driving. So I'd done all the driving up until then. So it was a lot of driving. And he drove from Milan to Malaga, the majority of the way. I think bar about six hours worth of driving, he did the rest of it. One thing I realized in that was I didn't like being a passenger at all. Like I, I really didn't enjoy it. Not because he was driving, but just because I wasn't... I didn't know where to put my hands. Like, yeah, I had a map. But I had Google Maps and stuff to deal with, but... Didn't really have anything else. So... Yeah, it was a bit weird. Because I was... And I wasn't in this self-reflection kind of mode, so... I didn't even actually know what self-reflection was, or... Mindfulness, or any of that, so... Yeah, a lot of time where I could have thought about stuff and I didn't. And I'm angry at myself for not doing and spending more time thinking about myself during that period of time. One thing I also realised was that my dad didn't actually comment on my mental state in the car. And we had a, we had a tiff in, in Valencia. And again, that resulted in me going into a, into a sobbing fit. And for some reason, I, my mum calls it me holding a grudge. But it isn't, it's just I just remember. I just remember the negatives, or what I see as the negatives. So, yeah, just. We got, we got to Malaga in the end, and again, just sobbing fits. One thing I was able to do then was actually sit on a beach and do nothing for virtually a month. Not really talk to anyone but myself and that started this whole reflection process. I just read and started reading and fell in love with books again. Over the course of this amazing and it's fucking phenomenal that I've actually done it. And if anyone wants to do it, I've got the route. So you've got to go, you've got to go down here. Maybe just the basic route. Um, I got so, so caught up with posting on Instagram and kind of doing those three posts a day that I was doing, which people loved, but I got so caught up in the comments and the likes that, and the content and this whole content creation and, and which wasn't really what I was wanting to do it for. And I got caught up in the in the end product and not the journey. 
I used to love the journey, like I said, I used to love the process, and I don't understand why I lost the love for the process. Reality just didn't cut it, even then. You're on this amazing trip, you've just bought a brand, brand new car, and you're driving through Europe in a soft top, two-seater convertible, which is the perfect almost the perfect car next to a Porsche to do it in. It got Life as a petrol head can't really get much better than that, in my mind. Like, it's literally what I wanted to do as a kid watching Top Gear. Like, I was like, yes, this is it. It would have been amazing if I could have done it in my dad's car, but it was awesome doing it in this. It was absolutely amazing doing it in this. One thing that I, I did notice was there was a moment of peace in the whole of this trip in, in Austria. Uh, is it the border between Germany and Austria? There's a national park and it was the last place on the course of that trip that I saw vivid colours. vivid colours and I was I was sober I was driving and I've never seen colours like that and that's something that's I, I know it means something just I don't know what it means yet I'll get there I'll get there and those long drives when I was driving and all I had to do was concentrate on the road actually allowed me to to think because the, the driving became second nature once you got used to, to European roads that it became second nature and uh, I think what that meant was the emotion that I got over the course of that trip and the, the kind of the, the fits that I was having I'm going to call them sobbing fits were an accumulation of, of that and all the pent-up anger and all the pent-up emotion that I'd had going from a low to a high to whatever this trip was. I, it's an insane high. And going from that low of finishing uni, run, literally wanting to sprint home, to you're now going on a trip of a lifetime that you might possibly never do again in a brand new car, which is almost a childhood dream. Going from there to there in the span of a month or a month and a half is berserk. And what that does for the human mind or what it did for my mind basically meant I went from one emotion to another emotion, like from one end of the scale to the other end of the scale and and it just obliterated everything in between. So. Maybe that's the reason why I was so emotional. I think that's a good good reflection on on the trip. It was an incredibly emotional trip. It was an incredibly insightful trip. It was opened my eyes to Europe, it opened my eyes to the world and even now sitting in India I think about it.
I actually lost all the photos I took on my DSLR. On the way, 3,000 photos just gone. But all the memories are in my head. And that I know means more. And I, I know that me saying this now will be able to trigger those memories. Every single country was amazing. There's not a single country that was better than another in in every way. Every country had its own perk. Switzerland, uh, Serbia, just everything. Malaga, Malaga's got a special place in my heart, but every city was just phenomenal. And everything in between was amazing. Even, the tr- even just driving, meeting new people, meeting, seeing new cars. Just European culture is so different from British culture. Yeah, thanks for doing that. Influential, inspirational people time. All the joys of this. And like I said before, and I have said before, I don't think about this until I actually start doing the podcast. So, or audio experience, whatever you want to call it. So the inspirational person that I want to mention today is my friend, Mina. He is someone that I met during my first year of university through my housemate, Steph. Um, and I don't know how we hit it off. I don't know actually the first day we met, actually. But all I remember was he's a real short guy. He's got a proper skin fade haircut with these massive glasses and he's tiny he actually is tiny um but mina has the ability to walk into any room and just make people smile why have i talked about mina before i don't know well if i have mina you're, you're just mental man you're, you're such an inspiring character. He's a chameleon. And he can walk into any room and just become... Not even become... It's just him. It's just his personality. He meshes with... He's such a people person. Something that I, I look up to in, in an amazing way because he's able to have a conversation with everyone on anything. Not because he knows everything, but because he's able to tap into an emotion that allows him to empathise with them and sympathise. And so he can hold a conversation with so many people with so many different characters. He can be talking to, I don't know, someone from Eton, but in the next hour he'll be talking to, I don't know, some guy from well, his ends in Brighton that thinks he's Rose. Like, mean, his, his, the, the spectrum he can talk to is mental, and I really look up to that. So thanks, Mina, for coming into my life, and thank you for our Shisha, shisha, shisha sessions alongside Phil. And when we used to do them together in second year, uh, they're just amazing. They made my second year amazing. I'm around this off. I'm not sure what I'm going to speak about next, but definitely, likely, more than likely, be my India trip. I also want to start a mini series within this, like once a week or maybe twice a week. I'm not too sure, but I'll confirm a time. I'll confirm a like a kind of you know, when I'll do it. Storytime with V, which will be me talking about my childhood or bits of my childhood or maybe like one story every couple of days. 
so that I build up this kind of documentation of the stories that I tell and what they and maybe some of the takeaways and the meanings of those stories in my mind and I love your thoughts and feedback on your stories not only your stories but like how maybe your stories intertwine with my stories and what you think they might mean and just thoughts and that might might be able to help me reflect because remember although it, this might help you it helps me and by me helping me I'm helping you and whatever little inception world that's in hey if it works it works this is me signing off for the evening good night